Hello and welcome to another Sega Guys Cyber Razor Cut podcast. I'm Dan and with me as always and given how we do this every time, it's only apt that I say it's the Ryu to my Ken. It's James. How you doing, James? <laughs> I'm very well, mate. Thanks very much. How's yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It, it, it feels like it's been a while since we've done this. One of these real life has really got in the way the last couple of months, but it's really good to uh, to get back and, and, and doing this once again, mate. So, so how you been? What you been up to? Working away, mate. Uh, just uh, the usual, working from home. Um, no end in sight for when that's going to be. So um, it's got its perks. You can fall out of bed and to start work, and then you can kind of. <laughs> there's no congested buses or trains to get up the road. You can just shut the laptop and get on with life. But uh, as you said, mate, it's it's been hectic. But I think everybody is kind of feeling it just now as well. Just that kind of whole work-life balance kind of thing. Um, I think it was September's the last time we did a pod, uh, yeah. which was the, the Mega Drive one at 30, which, God, it's a long time ago now, so I can't believe how fast time's going as well. Christmas, what, two weeks? So, yep. Santa's coming, hope he's good yeah. to everybody. Um, how about yourself, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate, not too bad, pretty much the same as you, mate, working, but I've um, signed off on a final project today, which I'm hoping sees me clear for a lot of Christmas. Um, so I can just sort of just enjoy the family time and get a bit of gaming in. But you've, uh, in the interim, you've managed to back yourself a, a juicy little white console that isn't a Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing as well. Obviously, I got the Xbox Series S. I had I'd pre-ordered that uh, with game, and they, they came through on launch day. Um, but, I mean, you're a good self, mate. You, you've squared me up with the, the machine that I never had. The, the machine that I lusted after for so long while I was forced to play the Commodore <laughs> Amiga. Um, again, just to kind of thank you, obviously, you know, not so much face-to-face, but voice-to-voice, if that sounds right. <laughs> um, but I thanks very much, mate. Honestly, it was it was a, a massive grin on my face whenever I opened that package up and, and seen that Mega Drive staring back at me. Um, and obviously, I've, I've since got my, my EverDrive through. That's how long it's been since we recorded this. Like we've, we've basically had the Xbox launch, PS5 launch. You've sent me a Mega Drive, and an EverDrive cartridge has made its way from China to Glasgow. And the time we've taken to record another podcast, mate. So that that's the time we're talking about. Um, but I just, it's been great kind of going through. I, I don't know where to start. I, I load the list up on the EverDrive, and it's like you see a game, oh, that one. Oh, God, that one. I've never played that one. It's just, it's literally like being in a candy shop, mate. Um, so, I again, thank you very, very much for, for sending that my way. It's um, greatly appreciated. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, Xbox, Xbox-wise, just kind of the same old stuff I'm playing on there just now, just kind of working through the, the back catalogue of stuff and uh, Assassin's Creed Unity and uh, Forza Horizon 4 until Cyberpunk makes its way onto my, my system. So you gave that. You- you gave Yakuza a go, though, didn't you? How did you find that? Yes, I did. Sorry. That's right. See, see, real life is just frying the brain. I'm <laughs> knackered. Um, I, Yakuza 0, see, I was kind of torn 
because obviously I'd, I'd heard that you need to start um, like kind of Kiwami 1 and Kiwami 2 and then like you kind of get to know the characters and then you go back and you play Zero and then you get to see how these characters started but um, it was Callum that I speak to a lot on, on Twitter as well and he had said to me that um, his recommendation there's no kind of right or wrong way to do it and I think that's kind of part of the, 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 the kind of novelty of the series is that you can come at it kind of from, from various angles um, but he had said to kind of start at zero um, and then the kind of non-spoiler spoiler that he gave me is that you'll maybe get attached to or like certain characters that later on you'll find out are total dicks yep. <laughs> um, but obviously you're coming to these characters completely you know fresh faced at the very start of their journey in this story so I, I decided to start with zero and I it's um it's been it's been really good, really good fun. I like the kind of the the free roam kind of combat system it's got in there. I know like a dragon has moved on to a kind of turn base, which I'm not too sure I would be quite as much of a fan of having played um you know zero so far. Um but Callum's one piece of advice um that he gave me was when you find the wee cards with the girls yep. on them, he said don't Google them in the same room as your wife. <laughs> Cheers, Callum. Uh- I haven't tried that myself yet. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I mean, at, at the time of speaking, um, it's just uh, last night, actually, at the time of recording this, it, the entire back catalogue of the series got announced for a Game Pass. So yes. that's, that's my next year completely sorted game-wise. Don't anyone try and talk to me. I'm going to be deep <laughs> in Kumaracho <laughs> with Kiryu-san. <laughs> uh, I absolutely can't wait. So I'm What's glad it? you're enjoying it, mate. I mean, that's the thing as well. I'd just been kind of talking to a few people as well, um, maybe last month, saying as there, there been any word of, you know, three, four, five, and 6 making their way to Xbox, because it did seem a bit bizarre that you've got, like, obviously Zero, 1, and 2 on there, and then Like a Dragon's come out, and that's essentially 7. So there's this massive gap, you know, especially, so... Especially since Microsoft had the uh, had the marketing deal with Sega to promote uh, Yakuza Seven like a dragon. They've got the they've got the next it's next gen exclusive on their series on Series S and Series X. Uh, the PS5 version isn't out till next year, so it was so odd they they didn't have the previous um, was it intervening four games? Yeah, three, four, five, and six. Yep. So it's great that to, to hear that the rest of them are coming on there now. I, I honestly, man, I can't wait. Although I've got the PS4 versions, like the physical versions, on my mm. on my wish list. So. Maybe I'll be get be playing them sooner, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what Santa brings. Oh, but um, but this this episode, of course, um, is going out as part of um, the um, Sega Radio or Radio Sega, sorry, Winterfest. Um, we were very kindly asked along by by KC, who who hosted us on the the Sega Lounge um, a couple of months ago. Um, to produce a podcast to obviously form part of that lineup, and it is looking at the the kind of list of, of who's taking part, man. It's like a, a who's who of, of Sega content you know, <laughs> creators. So um, to be invited along to become part of that is is absolutely humbling, especially this soon into the the podcast life. So um, Casey, I know you'll be listening. Um, thank you very much for the invite, and to all the new listeners who'll be you know listening in just now on um, Radio Sega. Uh, we hope you enjoy what we have to offer, and perhaps we've gained a, a couple of new fans on the way, some new listeners. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely humbling, mate. Re- really loved our time on the on the show when we did it with KC, and absolutely um, 
love being a uh, love being part of the the Winterfest. I really can't wait. But um, so today's so today's topic then. So this is another one that came out of the poll that we did uh, a good few months ago, wasn't it? Um, so this came this came second behind the uh, behind the Sega on Xbox. So uh, it's only natural that we jump to this one next, and that is uh, Capcom and Sega. So uh, I think. Uh, Anyone that's spoken to us on on Twitter uh, will know that Capcom are a company very close to our hearts, um, especially since uh, <laughs> one of the series that we're going to be talking about uh, is probably one of my favourite series of all time. It won't surprise many people to to see very uh, quite a few mentions of that series on this list. Um, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> but what we're going to do is it, we weren't sure whether we wanted to, to go through what our favourite Capcom games were, we or whether we just go through sort of a, a history. Uh, of the game so what we decided to do between us was was choose uh, a dirty dozen uh, 12 titles 12 capcom titles which uh, are are one personal favorites of ours uh, and also two sort of landmark titles that really do um punctuate certain periods in uh, their relationship with sega um so again as i say there'll be a certain franchise a certain character on here that will be on here for a, a fair few times but um I think it's it's going to be quite fascinating to talk through these, don't you think, James? Especially given the the odd history with Sega and Capcom, whereas if in the, in, initially it wasn't so uh, it wasn't so friendly, was it? No, I mean Capcom pretty much if you're going back to the kind of like late um, late eighties, early nineties, are, are pretty much synonymous, you know, not only with the arcade but in, in a kind of home area with you know Nintendo and, and maybe like the kind of home computers, um, you know, your Amigas and STs and Spectrums and C sixty fours and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they didn't really kind of come to the fore um, probably until the Mega Drive um, when it came to working with Sega. Um, but when they got started, um, it's pretty much a very special relationship going forward. I don't think maybe out with EA. Um, I know EA obviously, you know, dropped our support, you know, on the on the Saturn, um, and then just basically kiboshed the Dreamcast and just went yeah. by on that's that. Um, so EA on the Mega Drive were a big big supporter of, of Sega, but. I don't think any other third party can pretty much have such a stake uh, in Sega in terms of you know quality of content, quantity of content, um, diversity of content, uh, and just an, an overwhelming and ongoing support uh, from generation to generation, and, and some absolutely wonderful titles. As, as you said, we we picked a dirty dozen, and we could probably easily have gone up to twenty. Uh, for for being honest, we we called this list down uh, and. You know, even at that, I'm looking through it just now, and there's noticeable omissions on there yep. that people will probably be screaming at us um, at various points uh, while listening. Um, but no, I hope you, you do enjoy the the kind of games that we we have chosen, and the way we've chosen to present these is to kind of basically, obviously, all, all the games have come from various you know points in Sega's uh, generational history in terms of console. So we've just kind of chronologically put them into um, generational order. Um, uh, and we'll just kind of talk through them and, and what we love about the games and what makes them special to us, when when they kind of appeared and that kind of thing and, and what they meant. So um, we'll kick things off with the, the Mega Drive era. Um, and this is one which was on the, the Mega CD. Um, and it kind of harks back to that whole thing where it, it, it's a Capcom game, but it's not a Capcom game. And, <laughs> and you've, you've got the kind of the lowdown on that. Uh, it's, of course, Final Fight CD. Yeah, I know. I mean, and, and what a game that is. Now, yeah, it, it's it's absolutely spot on what you've just said. So, 
we're talking April 1993 that it came out in Europe. I think it came out a little bit earlier in Japan, but 1993. And at this point, Capcom had not made a single game for, for any Sega hardware at all. Now, Mega Drive fans out there might think of, you know, Ghouls and Ghosts. They might think of Strider that were out on the, on the Mega Drive very early on. Um, they were both ported and developed by Sega. They licensed the IP from Capcom. But the actual the actual dirty work was done by Sega. It's it's something that I've I'm keen to point out a lot when uh, I wrote a piece for the for the Sega guys WordPress site where I said that Sega are the greatest first party developer ever, and this is an example of that where that Nintendo had such a stranglehold on the market. They had all the third parties in their pocket, um, tied down to exclusivity marketing deals, and so if you develop for for Nintendo, you couldn't develop for anyone else. And Nintendo, obviously, the NES user base was so big that they were pretty much the only game in town. So Sega had to had to do the ground, the, the hard work themselves. So, and that even goes back to the to the Master System era. So there was no Capcom games in the Master System, no Capcom games uh, on the early in the early Mega Drive days. Now, obviously, there'll be a game on this list that will come to. It'll be when when Capcom actually broke their their Sega cherry, as it were. Uh, but Final Fight CD. <laughs> <laughs> Final Fight CD is is one that uh, it's a Capcom game that isn't a Capcom game as you said mate um, because yes the arcade game which we all know and adore um, absolutely seminal game you know there was Double Dragon and then there was Final Fight and Double Dragon basically ceased to exist in anyone's mind after that it was such a such a massive game um, obviously Final Fight got a port to to the SNES. Um, which wasn't well received given that it was single player only it only had two characters uh, initially it was Hagger and Hagger and Cody then they had uh, Final Fight Guy which they released that later on <laughs> which 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 swapped which swapped Cody for Guy so it still only had two playable characters with a few bug fixes but <laughs> um, you know it the big sprites were there in the in the SNES port but um, the two player wasn't and he could only manage three characters on screen so um whatever sega's reason for this obviously they had streets of rage uh early 93 in europe late 92 in the rest of the world but sega took it upon themselves to bring final fight to the mega cd and it's an absolutely phenomenal port um it's one i'm lucky to have i managed to get a, a kind of battered box version of it um a few years ago uh for pretty cheap because i know it goes for a little a pretty penny now but it's the game's absolutely superb. Um, Final Fight's a game, you know, I talked about the, the arcade side of it, um, which I've always loved. Um, I did play it on Capcom Generations on the Xbox, I think, but I always wanted a proper a proper port um, for, for myself to play. Um, and I think, for my money, Final Fight CD is the best port going. I mean, there's the Xbox version, which is, is, is that's pretty good. The Xbox Live Arcade version. Yeah, that 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 for me that that's that's a brilliant port. Um, I just love the the kind of the aesthetics they put. Because obviously, you've got big widescreen tellies now. You didn't have that back then, mm. um, and they kind of put that virtual arcade surround, and you've got that's all amazing. Their, yeah, the CRT filters that takes me back to the first time I played that game. Um, we're going to a wee kind of mini tangent here, but I first played Final Fight, um, and that, it's kind of got that special kind of wee place. You know, in my heart because of this kind of memory. Uh, I went to um, France with the school 
in the end of primary seven. <laughs> Where are you going with this, James? <laughs> um, and in the hotel foy, there was um, nineteen forty-two and final fight. Uh, and I just remember, obviously, at that time we all had like you know your spectrums and C sixty fours and all that. You're talking about nineteen ninety-one at that point. So um, this arcade, this arcade game just stood out like a sore thumb, gigantic sprites, booming sound, the rock soundtrack. Um, it just looked like, you know, nothing you'd, you'd, kinda, you'd ever played at home anyway. Yeah. Um, and it was just a, an absolutely brilliant game. So, I mean, that that kind of, that the Xbox um, Live Arcade version, which you can obviously play through back compat even today, all the way up to the, the series consoles. But that arcade surround is, is phenomenal. Um, the CRT filters and the kind of, the phosphor glow and the scan lines and all this kind of stuff you can add, it's, it's great. But going back the way, um, Obviously, you would expect those kind of things to happen now with the way technology is, but going back the way um, and looking at it whenever, obviously, there wasn't that relationship between Sega and Capcom. They had been tied into Nintendo for so long. Sega had licensed this IP and taken it upon themselves to, you know, port it themselves, especially with the, the kind of the sub substandards quality of Final Fight on Nintendo hardware. Mm. Um, and going back the way and looking at it retrospectively as you say mate it's an absolutely amazing port yeah it's it's absolutely incredible mate and you think that at this point this this the snes has been out for the snes was out in 1990 the mega driver originally launched in 1988 so there's two years difference between them there's a snes you know unable to cope with two player with so many sprites on the screen now obviously the mega cd is an extra piece of kit and Sega did uh, throw quite a bit of extra RAM and processors in there, but for it to be as close to the to arcade perfect as it is is absolutely incredible. I mean, Final Fight actually came out in the arcades in nineteen eighty nine, didn't it? So it, it's a year after the the the, the Mega Drive actually uh, actually launched that the CPS one board uh, actually debuted. So it's a phenomenal achievement. And yeah, mate, the the Xbox three sixty port, which um, yeah, it's amazing that it's backwards compatible. I still play it on my Xbox One now and again. That's probably the the best way to play it, but um, the Mega CD port is is up right up there with it. I'd say they're joint first because you've got the the beautiful um, the beautiful filters as we were saying the whole like virtual arcade cab in um, on the uh, Xbox port, but the the soundtrack on the Mega CD when it's got this whole arranged soundtrack, yeah, absolutely yep. gorgeous. So um, yeah, amazing. It's so it's quite cheeky, Sega, when you think about it. It's like, well, we'll create Streets of Rage, which will be, then we'll create Streets of Rage 2, which everyone perceives as better than Final Fight anyway. Then we'll <laughs> license Final Fight and we'll do it better than you did. <laughs> See that, that music, that music you put in there, I don't really like that. I'm going to change it. I'll make it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Well, yeah, this, this music's all right, Capcom, but we'll leave it with us. We'll make, we'll, we'll make it better. Don't worry. <laughs> We know what we're doing. It's fine. <laughs> but what what um what character would you then? Who was your your go to man in Final Fight? I'm always Hagger, mate. Always Hagger. Just uh just those pile drivers. Just um just clearing the area. Just grab, jump, attack. <laughs> <laughs> you do the pile driver on that guy, and everyone around you's like flying around. He <laughs> <laughs> may not be the quickest, but uh yeah, I love using him, mate. How about yourself? Uh, well, if, if I had been a Super Nintendo owner, my favourite character would have been out of sight unless I bought the second <laughs> version of the game. 
because <laughs> uh, I was I always went guy. I always thought he's his animation for his punch. That kind of guarding his, his face with one hand and the, the backhanded punch yeah. with the other. Um, quite stylized, um, quite kind of wee agile, fast guy as well. But uh, it was funny in, in the arcade as well. Whenever on that that school trip, everybody wanted to go hagger. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was a WWF thing at the time. I think he just, he just looks awesome, you know. The, the wrestling mayor, you know, it doesn't get any cooler than that. <laughs> but no, guy, guy is super cool, and um, yeah, looking at uh, looking at our list now, it won't be the last we see of guy either. <laughs> no, certainly not. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, absolute stonking uh, first game to talk about. Um, really does nail that that whole situation with Sega and Capcom. That whole sort of frosty relationship where Sega had to license it and do the hard work themselves. But it's interesting that it launched in 1993 because meanwhile, we're gonna when we talk about our next game, Sega are actually negotiating with Capcom <laughs> to, to pull it over. Um, and that game, of course, is, uh, is Street Fighter 2 Special Champion Edition. Now, I don't know about you, James, but where did you, where did you first play Street Fighter 2 before? <laughs> Believe it or not, mate, I played Street Fighter 2 for the first time uh, in the Burger King in Glasgow Central Station. <laughs> and I kid you not, it was a, a just a kind of very basic one-player standing cabinet um, to the right-hand side of the, the the cash desk. I don't know why it was there. It, was, it just seems the most bizarre thing ever to have an arcade machine <laughs> in a Burger King. And you're talking, I mean, it might have been a wimpy back then. I think it's, it's, it's still a, it's a Burger King to this day, but I think it might have been a wimpy back then because you're talking about kind of like late 80s, early 90s. Um, but I, and again, I was absolutely hopeless at it. Um, again, just big sprites, big sound, um, a different kind of game, you know, obviously with it being the one on one aspect. Um, I just, it was mesmerised. It was again the kind of game you looked at and thought there's no way you're playing that at home. Yeah, um, and I think that in itself is what led to a lot of the kind of mystique and the hysteria around Street Fighter Two. Whenever Nintendo did, you know, uh, announce the the port and they, they had their, their bundle as well. I mean, I still remember the the advert on UK TV. Super Nintendo with Street Fighter Two, it's unbeatable. And then the fist comes through the telly. Both. <laughs> I always remember that, um, and it was, it's it's one of a, a kind of handful of games that you can think of that are genuine cultural phenomenons. Yeah, um, you know they're just they, they transcend time. I think to a certain generation or a couple of generations, I think it doesn't matter how much time passes, how more visually impressive beat 'em ups get. You look at Mortal Kombat 11, you look at Killer Instinct, you know the, the kind of the recent beat 'em ups that are out. You know. Um, I think Street Fighter 2 will always, as I say, for, for certain generations, always have that 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 hold. It just still, there's, there's something special. And I think it might go back to the fact that in that era, it was so, so sought after to have an arcade perfect version of Street Fighter 2 mm. that now that we have them, I still think it, it, it somehow blows the tiny little <laughs> part of our minds that are still teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> We've got arcade perfect Street Fighter 2. <laughs> Finally, it is full screen and full speed. <laughs> but it's, it's it's yeah, you're right, mate. But it's it's just there's gaming cultural phenomenons that have been before and since. But it's it's one of these games where it's very hard to make people that weren't there understand the impact that it had. Yep. 
Yep, 100%. And uh, I think the closest thing that you've got now were your Minecraft and your Fortnite. So that whole, the whole, you know, mania that goes around that. But even then, you know, they're amplified by, you know, constant streams of content and dances and this, this juggernaut of, of content and, um, and tie-ins and promotion and word of mouth online where street fire was just, you know, we'll put the cabin, we'll put the arcade game out there and it just captured everyone. Mm. Like absolutely. It was absolute madness. Um, I first played it at a friend's. I think we were playing with our Ninja Turtles or something back in, <laughs> back in 1992. I, I didn't actually play the arcade game until after. So 1992, uh, he takes me upstairs. He says, Oh, come and see what my brother's got. His brother's got, um, as, as he's got a super super Famicom uh, and Street Fighter 2 in it and I didn't know what it was so I, I couldn't pretend that I was impressed because I didn't know what I was looking at but when I picked it up and started playing it it was like my word I was I was in love instantly <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, all I can remember is trying to do gold special moves for about for for it seemed like 10 minutes but then after after that it was like all of a sudden my mum was at the door willing to take me home so <laughs> God knows how long it actually was um <laughs> Because all I wanted was, because I was Sonic mad then. Sonic had come out the year before. Obviously, Street Fighter was the, the year before in the arcade, and then 1992 on the SNES. Um, and I wanted Sonic 2 more than anything. I'd seen like the promos for it. But then the SNES, the Super, Street Fighter 2 on the SNES had, uh, had sort of got me, well, well may, maybe I should get a Super Nintendo instead. But <laughs> I had to share the Mega Drive with my brother and sister, and they wanted Sonic as well. So that's the way we went in the end. And obviously, being a Sega guy, I, I, I that's not a, a decision that I can, uh, that, I, that, that was the right decision at the time. But uh, after that, I was thinking, you know, where's the Mega Drive version of Street Fighter 2? Where, where is it? <laughs> and thinking about it, you know, you look back at it now, and it was only, uh, it came out in uh, October, was it? October 1993. So it was, it was just over a year later. But that year, mate, it felt like forever that I was uh, waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think Christmas Day, I got, I, I got Sonic 2, I got Sonic 1. I got a couple of games uh, it, it, later on in like 1993. But then when I finished them, I was like, okay, where's Street Fire? Open up the Sega Power magazine. Where Street Fighter? Yes, it's been announced. It's been announced. And then oh, I've got—I had to rebuy the magazine again recently. Um, it's got the whole original Street Fighter Two Champion Edition preview. When it was just a Champion Edition, it's got the big black borders at the top. Uh, uh, sweet. And uh, the the colours are a little bit off. Um, uh, obviously that preview version's been uh, been leaked since, but uh, yeah, I was so excited to get it. Um, but that was what I—that's uh, what I got for my would have been my tenth birthday. It was a copy of Street Fighter Two. That's what my parents bought me, and then uh, I used my birthday money to go and buy a six-button pad, <laughs> so, um, and it created a love affair that continues to this day. And that's right because the control mechanism one that you had to press, you only had the, the kind of standard stock three-button pad. You had to press start to to go between punch and kick. Yeah, that's right. That's, the, that's, uh, that's what my brother had to use in those first months. There you go. You use this one. <laughs> So that that'll be the the reason why you beat him then. You've just given him the excuse, mate. That's uh, so you, your skills were never truly tested because you give the guy an excuse. <laughs> oh, older brother, I make the rules. It's a perfectly valid one. <laughs> oh, but and I mean, as as you said, it's you can't really. It's difficult to describe to people who were around back then. I mean, I, I remember, you know, every time Games Master came on. I just wanted to see Street Fighter 2. Mm. You know, it was kind of, 
it's just, it sounds really daft. It was like certain games that you, you wanted to see footage of. I mean, they, were, they were almost like celebrity games. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a kind of strange way to describe them, but they were just just so sought after. Uh, they created such a buzz, and they done it without social media, without the internet. Um, it was all just word of mouth. Um, and it was arguably as big, uh, as sought after as, as any... You know, you look at the, the the hype around Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven just now; it's everywhere. Street Fighter two was on par with that in terms of just sheer scale of interest and intrigue, and people just had to have it. Yeah, mate, it didn't have seven years of development. I mean, it didn't have all that hype suit behind it. It didn't, and it have... didn't have a fifteen gig day one patch either. <laughs> but uh, it was also that uh, the Street Fighter two on the SNES, the original version, was actually Capcom's best selling game. All the way up until Resident Evil Five. Seriously? Yeah, that was what was that? Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Bloody hell! For fifteen years, it was their biggest selling game. That's how that's how massive it was. Um, <sighs> without the sort of marketing juggernaut, without the sort of online conscience and presence and everything that you see today, that's how big it was. So getting that on the on the on the Mega Drive was really special. And of course, you know, it was it was a, a landmark game. Um, not only because it was Street Fighter Two, because it was you know, this cultural phenomenon, this absolute legend in the arcades on the SNES, it finally came to the Sega Mega Drive. But because Capcom looked at that original champion edition with the black borders and the off colours, uh, took it in-house and said, no, we need to do this ourselves because we're not happy with it. Um, and they did. It was their very first game that they actually developed themselves for the Mega Drive. And to my mind, I know that a lot of people will disagree, but it's the best version on 16-bit consoles. It's definitely the most true to the arcade as well. CPS one combos. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, I know Street Fighter Two Turbo did come out for the SNES eventually, um, but at that time you didn't have any of your fifty sixty hertz, you know, switches and all that kind of stuff. Um, didn't have sixty hertz modes like Dreamcast games would have, and obviously now you've got just everything just runs the same frequency yeah. everywhere. That's just what it is. Um, and obviously, if you go back and play just the PAL version of the Super Nintendo version of Street Fighter Two. It's very slow, like giant yeah. power borders and no hard can. It's like <laughs> a very, you know, very slow. Um, but obviously, Champion Edition on the Mega Drive, you could ramp that bugger up to as many yeah. stars as you, you know, and you can you could legislate for that. So I think at, at that time as well, you kind of you gave the Mega Drive a good advantage because you could negate that loss via the PAL NTSC transition by just ramping up the speed. Yeah. Yeah, you could. I mean, Tur- Turbo actually came out on the SNES before the before Special Champion Edition. Um, there you go. <laughs> so Capcom, Capcom announced Champion Edition, then announced Special, then announced Turbo after that, um, and that was another reason why it was taken back into development because they went, "Hang on, hang on, why are you giving us, the, why are you giving us the worst version?" So, um, <laughs> give us the stars. Yeah, give us the stars, and give us ten stars on default. <laughs> we don't want three. We don't want four. Snezzy had to do a cheat code to get 10 stars, but they were like, no, 10 stars by default. <laughs> Enable that blast processing. <laughs> See, we get it in there somewhere. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, oh, honestly, I couldn't, I can't say how enough how much I absolutely love that game. I still play it. I think um, uh, when I did a, uh, I was did a little video uh, this, earlier this year. Uh, a few, I think it was a few weeks ago, actually. Just with uh, one of those At Games Mega Drives. Um, I was looking at Streets of Rage on it. Uh, and uh, I opened up my recent games on my library. And at the top is Streets of Rage 2. 
and then underneath it's Hyper Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Bootleg, Super Street Fighter 2 The New Challengers, Street Fighter 2 Special Champion. <laughs> 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 it's like, yeah, now I've got an EverDrive, I can play all these games and I can, I can really uh, like um, it, uh, open up all these genres to myself. Yeah, top five games are all just Street Fighter 2. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh... How many games are on there? A thousand plus. You've been playing Street Fighter 2. How many versions? 12. Yeah, I need to see how different Ryu's sprite looks on the bootleg version. I need to know. <laughs> the hitboxes and frame rate data are marginally different on this one. Oh, don't make me do the impression, mate. Don't make me do it. Do <laughs> <laughs> it comes to frame rates and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But it's a, yeah, a proper special that one, just because it was Capcom's first one. But they didn't—they didn't really make too many more on the on the Mega Drive, though, mate. Um, they did uh, Super Street Fighter Two, obviously, um, and then they did uh, Mega Man: The Wily Wars. Although I think that may have been uh, outsourced to another to another developer, um, and I think that was it for the Mega Drive. They really didn't, even after Street Fighter Two, they really didn't support it that much. But um, it was it was post Mega Drive that I think they really came into their own, didn't they? Oh yes. Um, you know, we move on now to the the Sega Saturn era, and this is the golden where, era. Oh, that is. I mean, I know it's a kind of hot debate. People kind of compare whether the Saturn or the Dreamcast era was was better for Capcom games, and obviously we will come on to the Dreamcast soon. So I'm not going to name any any titles just now, but um, I do think the Saturn era just pips the, the Dreamcast era when it comes to Capcom games. Um, there's obviously a trilogy of, and we're sticking on the Street Fighter theme obviously here, as we, we move away from the kind of traditional Street Fighter 2 era, and we move on to the very anime-influenced, um, totally restylized and absolutely gorgeous Street Fighter Alpha series, or Street Fighter Zero, as it was called in Japan, um, and, and Street Fighter Alpha 2, um, oh. <laughs> what what a game, man! Honestly, one of the gr- one of the best fighting games of oh. all time, without question. Without I just love question. that. I love that title screen. Like that damn 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 Street Fighter Alpha Two. It's the delay, isn't it? The delay between the Alpha and the Two. You know you've played it too much, never you memorize the delay perfectly between the Alpha and Two. You know it's it's almost like an afterthought. Two. Which, which game am I doing? Street Fighter Alpha 2. Street Fighter Alpha 2. Oh, uh, 2! <laughs> uh, what, what a game, but... Uh, yeah. I mean, I know, I know 3 obviously got a release in Japan on the Saturn, and it came out obviously on the Dreamcast as well, but 2 just has something about it. Um, it's, it's just such such a, a brilliant fighter, so stylized. Again, it kind of built on everything. The first game... Is, is kind of very, I would say it's basic. It's, I, it's think, basic. I always think of Street Fighter Alpha 1, I always think of it in my head as Street Fighter Zero Alpha because it feels like the Alpha version of Street Fighter Alpha 2. Aye, they were testing the waters to see how it would go down because obviously it's, it's a big change to move away because you have had that whole kind of phenomenon and that success with the, the kind of the current model um, and then to kind of go away from that and to redo all these characters uh, and to redesign them and bring in a, a you know new characters in the roster as well, um, new backgrounds, everything. It's just it's honestly, 
it's you're absolutely right. It's it's a hundred percent one of of the best fighting games on the Saturn, if not arguably the best. Yeah, I I, I well, <laughs> I obviously as you know, as I mentioned a few times, I'm doing my top fifty Sega Saturn uh, games, uh, and I've just featured Virtual Fighter Two in my top five. Um, <clears throat> I don't know when when this will get when this will get heard, but um, expect to see Street Fighter Alpha Two above that on the list. I think to my mind, it is the best fighting game on the system and this is a system that's renowned for, for its fighting games obviously we had we had the early fighting games from capcom on the on the saturn we had street fighter the movie which i don't think is anywhere near as bad as people make out it is it's basically just a reskin version of street fighter street fighter 2 turbo and then we had street fighter alpha 1 x-men children of the atom which is absolutely phenomenal um and we had uh god what is it called it's Dark, it was Darkstalkers 2, wasn't it? Vamp, vampire, vampire, yeah. Hunter. vampire Savior, and Vampire Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this felt like the the culmination of that whole era. That, that, that that's those those pure one on one CPS two games. Um, it was just so refined. It the, it captured that look from the Street Fighter two animated movie as well. And uh, at the time, I think I was still watching that film like every other month. You know, I might as well have that. <laughs> Street Fighter Street Fighter two the animated movie and Transformers the movie. You know, just watch them back to back alternate every week between. <laughs> between the two of them but um it was just it was just delivered so perfectly and everything about it now when i think of fighting games i don't think of story that much but i think the way that every character had their bit of dialogue before the end the way that you could unlock the sort of the mid uh mid-stage battles with with rivals you know if you get so many super combos with ryu then sakura comes in halfway through to fight him then you've got ken uh, i think dan comes in to fight him and he says, uh, "He says, do you know that art of fighting, which is a tongue-in-cheek poke, uh, uh, attack at SNK? Um, just everything about it just oozes quality. And then, of course, you've got your, the final fight characters in there as well. Like yeah. uh, you've got Guy Sodom, uh, Relento was my favourite new character to come in from Final Fight. I love his stage, the way it all scrolls up. And the left, yeah, yeah. And it's got the Bay Area music as well to it. <laughs> I just absolutely adore it." And then when you get to the end, you see all the way out over Metro City, which basically looks like New York. Just, oh, absolutely adore that game, mate. Yeah, well, I've got the full roster here. Um, so it's Adon, Akuma, Birdie, Charlie Nash, uh, Chun Lee, Dan, Dalsim, Gen, Guy, Ken, M. Bison, Rolento, Rose, Ryu, Sagat, Sakura, Sodom, Zangief. Uh, and that's the end of my list. Yeah, there you go. Um, Shinakuma is a hidden character. Yeah. And if you're playing the gold version, you can get Kami as well. I just always uh, remember, was it, is it Ken? Whenever he wins. I always, always used to end up with Ken in his purple costume. <laughs> I, I just, my one last memory, I always remember, I was always just the way, I think it was at C&C, and I just always end up with Ken in his purple costume, and after they won, he would put his hands through his hair and go, you're the best! Yeah. <laughs> Carry it out! <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I think one of the things that stands out in that game for me is I remember my friend had a PlayStation. He got one in 1996. Um, same, he got it for Christmas, same, basically same year I got the Saturn. And in 1997, he used to rent games from the, from the local video shop. Uh, and of course, we were obsessed with, you know, Virtual Fighter 2 for me. I was absolutely obsessed with it at the time. Um, for him, it was Tekken 2. Um, so between us, it's all all 3D, you know. 
remember that whole, that whole era everyone's like 3d's great 2d we no one wants to see 2d in here anymore um and the only thing in the shop was street fighter alpha 2 so I thought, okay well we like street fighter so we'll give it a bash uh, and took it home and immediately it was just like no 2d isn't old hat anymore this show <laughs> that it's it's here to stay it's amazing i went, I went out and i think i saved my, my paper around money for a couple of weeks and went out and bought it straight away it's just uh i was in love with it instantly just phenomenal game um mm-hmm. And I think, uh, yeah, it really showed me that that 2D fighting games were here to stay, and and they still are. <laughs> yes, they're a renaissance. You know, it's I think as as time has passed, um, maybe the the allure of of 3D has become kind of I don't know oversaturated. We're just used to it. It's maybe people wanting to escape away from over, overly realistic visuals. Hmm. Um, but whatever reason it is, like 2D people are getting back the way. You know, yeah. and a whole new appreciation for all these these absolutely gorgeous stylized anime style um, you know fighting games that, that are just as an abundance of them, especially on the Saturn. Yeah, yeah, it's that's right. So um, it, it, the, the thing is, as well, I think the only three D fighting games there are now is I think it's Tekken Seven and Soul Calibur Six are the only true three D fighting games. Everything else is almost flat plane now, isn't it? And they're both awful because of loading times. Yeah. Yeah, t- uh, 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 even on the the, the, the Series S, with the reduced loading times with the SSD, it's still you don't have that. You need to be going from select screen to who you're fighting, your reverses, kind of your two character portraits to round one fight within yeah. twenty seconds, or else you're just leaving twenty ten seconds. It needs to be these arcade fighters need to have that arcade feel in the home. Yeah, uh, and I think modern day fighters with the logging on to lobbies and all these convoluted menus that you need to go through. Um, I think fighting games just now have just kind of lost touch uh, with what makes the beat-em-up genre so much fun. Uh, I yeah. think someone needs to kind of... Even even Killer Instinct on the Xbox, there's no arcade mode. There's a story mode. Yeah, It's like, I don't know, four or five fights? It's yeah. just you got the the story mode and then it's everything's all meters and flashy bars and everything you know uh, street, just... street fighter 2 didn't have meters virtual fighter 2 didn't have meters it's just i know street fighter alpha 2 had the turbo the, the super meter but that, that it was novel back then it's just overdone now so uh, yeah i think they need to strip it back and take it back to basics well i think the uh, i think the next game on our list is uh is one that isn't grounded is a little bit madcap but yep. it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's um it's a uh, it's madness, you could say. It is. It's full metal madness. <laughs> uh, it is, of course, Cyberbots released only in Japan for the Sega Saturn, um, a game that I had back in the day uh, on my, my Japanese Saturn, and I've been re- reacquainted with it thanks to the joys of ODEs. Um, and again, it's it is a it's a, just a, an absolute madcap, crazy mech-based beat-em-up where the robots that you choose have very odd-looking forms. I mean, they make Michael Bay's Transformers look normal. <laughs> uh, body parts that extend out here and rocket launchers that come out there and flamethrowers at, at their arse. And, you know, just, it, honestly, it's, but it's it's fluid. It's just crazy arcade-based fighting. Um, I mean, for me, this was the rise of the robots that I deserved. <laughs> because after being an Amiga owner and salivating over preview after preview of Rise of the Robots and then to get what we eventually got um, I think it was a nine disc mess of 
<laughs> stopgap animation that would make Clash of the Titans from the, the 70s look decent. Um, no, I mean, this, this is just an absolutely zany game, and if you haven't played it, I, I do recommend it. Um, again, Japan only, um, just mech on mech madness. Yeah, it's, it's one I've never owned, but I've played, I had to play it emulated. It's still on my wish list. It's still one I'm trying to hunt down for the right price. I really should bite the bullet and get it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, an interesting one on this list because it's the first Capcom game to support, at least to my knowledge, it's the first Capcom game to support the one megabyte brand That's right. Yeah, if, the, if you've got the four meg cut and then it recognizes it as well, it does, it does yeah. use it. Yeah, I think Marvel Super Heroes may be the first one, but I'm pretty sure Cyberbot's the first one that, that needs it to run. Um, but yeah, absolutely phenomenal game. Um, it's, it's a shame that it's it's never seen a re-release when all the other franchises have. You know, it's we see you see Jin in uh, Marvel versus Capcom, um, but he really deserves the limelight. He really deserves they are over a sequel or a remake or just you know Xbox Live Arcade re- release or something like that. It's just criminal that it's just overlooked. But yeah, it's uh, another classic and another really landmark landmark title, really. Yeah, I mean, they've even got a plot for it. You know, I don't know why you need a plot for two <laughs> robots fighting. I mean, they're, they're, they're mech suits. They're called Variant Armor, VAs. Um, it's the, the kind of the premise is, is that in the 21st century Earth, it begins to become overpopulated, leading to many people living in man, man-made space colonies. The primary army of Earth, the Earth Force, has been conducting experiments, and their work, along with the actions of the playable characters, will determine the future of Earth. <laughs> Get in a robot and battle lumps at each other. And then, and, then all, and then all of a sudden, when you unlock certain requirements and you fight uh, Cyber Cyber Gookie, <laughs> just a, a thirty-story tall version of Akuma. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave saving the world from now. Thanks very much. <laughs> Cheers. Just go about your day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is full metal madness. <laughs> but, aye, it, it lives up to its name. But if, if you haven't played it, definitely get your hands on it. Either um, try and pick a copy up for whatever ridiculous price they want for it yeah. these days. Um, or if you've got an ODE, just slide it on a BSD card. Give it a yeah. shot. <laughs> no excuses then. <laughs> that's why I, why I emulated it so that's the way I played it but yeah it's a phenomenal game absolutely phenomenal um, and so it's the next one really yes um, well, we're, we're changing tact here it's not all beat em ups well most of them are but um, <laughs> a, a change of a change of direction to a more a more somber and, and serious tone yes yes indeed so it's it's a, it's it's actually a port so every single one of these games has been a port so far and this is no different but this isn't a port from an arcade game this is a port from a playstation one game and that game is of course resident evil so this is a game i first played on the ps1 i don't know about you james have you played it first on ps1 or did you play it on the saturn first uh, i'm going to let you in a secret mate i'm a shite bag and i don't play zombie games oh you don't Oh, okay. I, don't, I have played it um, from behind the couch with an extension cable <laughs> into my controller. Honestly, mate, I, I, I watched the first season of Walking Dead. I, honestly, I must have, I don't know, must have lost a bit of stone, just sweating. <laughs> just zombies, mate, honestly. But um, no, I never played the PlayStation version. At what, the first time I ever played Resident Evil, I think it was my, my mate. He had a copy of it on the Saturn, mm. uh, and he let me borrow it to try it. Um and obviously, back then, he did have the comparisons. He had Wipeout had come out on both systems, and obviously Resident Evil came out on both systems. And 
there's that comparison about oh, this, what what certain version looks crap and all that kind of stuff. But um, it, it's a very respectable port. Um, it holds up playability wise even today if you've got the kind of patience to to go through the kind of loading screens with the doors, the stairs, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but again, much like we we spoke about with Final Fight CD, um, you need to kind of go back to fully appreciate it. Um, today you've got an abundance of zombie content. You know, as a, the Walking Dead, you've got Dead Rising, you've got you know Dead Island, you've got all these, you know, various you know um, Days Gone. It's just zombies everywhere. Um, <laughs> whereas back then, I think you only really had two kind of video game franchises that kind of tackled it. Um, and one was obviously Resident Evil, another one was House of the Dead. Yeah. So there's that kind of other Sega hook in there. Um, and the kind of level of, of storytelling, of suspense, um, you, you genuinely were, you know, shitting yourself playing this game. I yeah. mean, remember that, that that zombie Doberman jumps through that window, man. Woof! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come down off the ceiling, James. Yeah, when I first played it, it was at a friend's. Again, he'd rented it from the, from the old video shop. And I think there was about five of us all sitting playing it, me, two mates, and a couple of our brothers. And uh, yeah, that, that we didn't know what to expect. So that dog, the dog came crashing through the window and one of my mate's brothers just screamed. <laughs> 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 I literally screamed like a girl. It was amazing. Um, so of course, we're 1997 then. So we'd heard about how good this game was and played it on the PlayStation. It really was, you know cinematic it was it was something like we'd never played before a phenomenal experience uh and i prayed that there would be a sega saturn version and and lo and behold capcom actually came through on this one um they were so good with the saturn in so many ways and they they delivered uh a, a brilliant port of resident evil as you say there, there was some lovely extras with it it looks great um and i think if you adjust your, i was playing it earlier this year and i got pretty far in it until i had to move on but um, if you let, if you immerse yourself and if you really get let yourself adjust to the controls, it's absolutely brilliant. Still, it's so atmospheric. Um, we do nothing for uh, nothing for your nervous disposition around zombies, zombies James. But uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a well, I say wonderful experience. It's not a wonderful experience, but it's a it's a it's a, it's a memorable one anyway. But yeah, um, yeah, I love that game to bits. Um, it, the very few non-fighting uh, polygonal games that Capcom brought out for the for the Sega Saturn, but really glad that they uh, they they gave us that that port there right there. Yeah, just a shame I never ever got the sequel. Um, you know, I think Resident Evil Two was was meant to happen. Yeah, um, they were certainly working on it, and for whether it was for technical reasons or maybe Sony put their hand in their pocket, um, I don't think we'll ever know. There was. You know, rumours about maybe it was going to use the four megabyte RAM cart as well, and and possibly help the, the Saturn get a bit of a boost to to yeah. deal with it. But um, I just never never came to light, unfortunately. Apart from uh, I think it was a preview in Sega Saturn magazine, but that's yeah. about as far as it got. Yeah, it's um, it, it, uh, there was I was watching a video on it uh, recently. Uh, very good. Re- I can't remember who the who the YouTuber's name was now, but he was saying that Capcom were make, doing the port themselves. Uh, Resident Evil they'd outsourced. And they were, they were having trouble with the Saturn hardware, whereas the company that did before were more accustomed to it. They'd used it before. But there was also the fact that by 1998, Sega was gearing up for the Dreamcast, and they weren't really that fussed about having Resident Evil 2 on the on the Saturn back then. So they weren't really giving Capcom that much incentive to, to port it, which is, a, which is a real shame. But that's, uh, that's, that's Sega of that era, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, 
yeah, a, a real shame. But um, keeping it in 1997, um, <laughs> I know that we've mentioned three games in this series that are <laughs> literal game changers. But um, I think this was a game changer. This this game, I don't know about you, James. I imagine it was this for you as well. But this game made me take my my console to computer exchange back then when they used to do the they used to mod consoles open it up and butcher it so that it could play imports and run it 60 hertz and that game is uh x-men versus street fighter the the first game to use the, the fable for megabyte ram car yeah the, this game always got mentioned in sega saturn magazine as well uh, in the uk it was there was always a kind of like an import section and they kind of it's not kind of encouraged it but subliminally <laughs> suggested that you should have your machine modified in order yep. to play this game. Um, Richard Lidbit of uh, his, his early days. Yep. Um, but yeah, th- this was actually the game that made me buy uh, a, a Japanese a Japanese Saturn at a time. Um, I would go in to get one. I got my Dreamcast on import, um, and the, the Saturn followed. You know, pretty close after because this was one game that, again, because it had kind of stuck in the mind. It'd always been in there. We weren't getting it over here. We weren't getting the four megabyte RAM cut. Um and it was it was I had to have that game. Um it was just obviously the perfect mashup of the Street Fighter genre plus the Children of the Atom game that we yeah. had earlier. So to throw those two together, to have the kind of Street Fighter Alpha style visuals for the Street Fighter side and then have the, the Cotter ones, um uh, just a kind of a mashup that you just never thought you would see. And, and I kind of beat him up. It was just again, you know, super fast. You know, great, great controls, fluid controls, great combos. Interesting kind of multi-team variant. You could have Wolverine with Ryu, with Ken. You know, you could just basically mix it up any way you liked. It was just uh, game changer. Is is absolutely right. It just it built on, you know, everything that you'd seen from the likes of Street Fighter Alpha uh, and Cotta, and then just basically mashed them. Uh, and it's. Honestly, again, the Saturn version with the four megabyte RAM cart is just absolute perfection. Um, it's I'd, I'd, again that along with the uh, you know Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter and X, um, you know Marvel versus Capcom two and things like that that obviously came later on. Um, just a, 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 honestly, a absolutely beautiful, beautiful fighting game. It really is. It's it's also coming from Street Fighter Alpha two, which was phenomenal, uh, as we were saying. But that was you know you press start. From the title screen, then it loads. You get to the menu, the arcade mode, load in, select your character, a little bit longer loading, goes into the fight, uh, and there's loading in between each one. Whereas it was that was with one on one character, one one character on one character, and they, it didn't even have all the animation from the arcade. Whereas X Men versus Street Fighter had all the animation from the arcade, and then you choose your character, and it would be do 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 do. Fight! <laughs> What's going on? It's, it's, it's the fact as well that every character had their own individual entrance as well. Yeah, like you had like Wolverine would kind of somersault and go, "Let's go, bub!" And then yeah. the, the blades would come out. You know, it's like, <laughs> there was so much attention to detail. Yeah, you know, every character it, it was literally like they had just ripped the X Men out of a comic. Yeah, and they you did know, so well with the Street Fighters as well with like all their intros and stuff with Bison not like, hovering down with his cloak off and stuff. Aye. Um, Cammy ripping her hoodie off as well. It's brilliant stuff. It's uh, it's a shame it never got a, a release in uh, in the West because I think uh, 
it could have been a system seller, really. It really could have uh, moved a few units if they released it in 1997 and sort of given up on it. That's, that's the thing, again, about the whole Saturn era. You look at the, the Japanese library, um, and you think of even like Cyberbots, it's, it's out there, but it might have been intriguing enough to get people to, to have a look at it. Um, but X-Men versus Street Fighter, you know, surely you think of those two franchises. Obviously, as time has passed and X-Men's had all those cinema releases and the MCU and things like that are obviously massive now, but, you know, comic book fans, Street Fighter fans... There's a game yeah. for the both of you. On you go. <laughs> it was such a because we didn't see that many crossovers then. I think this is one of the very few. Um, so it would have been really a really novel approach. And I think there were people that were genuinely excited about it. Unfortunately, all that anyone got officially in the West was the was the god awful PlayStation version. Ooh. <laughs> With it, missing missing animation frames and everything, just a, a, a complete lack of fluidity. It's it slows down when Ken does his. Uh, does one of his super moves like it literally Ooh. it literally chugs and it's only got one it's got one and one it's, it's a one and one fighter um and it just can't handle it it's it's a terrible port um which is a real shame so yeah i wish that we did get that um over in the west um but yeah we're, we're lucky enough to have played it in its in its primate and um uh it, it really did kick off the whole marvel versus capcom series just with a bang and that four yeah. bang, bang cart was just something else it's uh, given what I paid for that back then. I don't think I'd be able to pay that for it now. I'm telling you. No, no. From from memory, I think if I remember, my Japanese Saturn was the white model two one mm. with the with the pink and purpley buttons on the front. Yeah. Uh, I think shipped from Japan. I think it was sixty quid for that, uh, and a boxed mint boxed copy of X-Men versus Street Fighter with the four meg ramp card. It came in this lovely cardboard sleeve, really, really nice packaging. Mm. And I think I must have been about 25, 28 quid yeah. shipped. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you got it after the Dreamcast year, there was uh, people were giving them away. Unfortunately, I sold a few of mine <laughs> around <laughs> that time to put towards my Dreamcast. But yeah, um, I think I paid I think I paid forty for X Men versus Street Fighter, and then I traded it in for Marvel Super Heroes versus Street Fighter, which which I think is the worst game. I'm lucky to I, luckily I got uh, X Men back in my collection now. They're both phenomenal, but I think X Men versus Street Fighter. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay, um, and then the last game we've got on the Sega Saturn, and one of the very last games to come on come out on the system uh, is actually a compilation. So we're bringing it right back to the to the to the 16 bit era with this one, aren't we, mate? We are because, well, we started on the Mega Drive with a very respectable port of Street Fighter 2. It was time for us to finally get our hands on that arcade perfect <laughs> version that we'd all longed for, a complete replica. And what better way to do it than to have three games on the one disc? Uh, in Japan, it was called Capcom Generation 5. Um, I believe it was, was it Street Fighter Collection 2. Well, we never got, we never got it in, uh, in the West. So for, for the Saturn at least, um, we did uh, we did get it on the PlayStation, yep. which is which is the version that I've got. I've got the PlayStation version. That is Street Fighter Collection Two, uh, which is the same thing. It's arcade perfect ports of all three um, all three original versions of Street Fighter Two. Yep. And uh, the thing that always struck me, I think I think a friend of mine actually had Capcom Generation Five when it when it came out in 1998. Um, now I don't know about you, but for me, I had in my head, I'm so familiar with the console ports of Street Fighter 2. Um, and then the arcade is the arcade, you know, you're in a completely different environment with the arcade game. 
but when you see those full size sprites you see how much bigger the actual arcade sprites are in a full yep. in a full arcade perfect port it's it's pretty amazing isn't it yeah i mean that's that's for me was retribution because <laughs> my my sole experience as you know mate of play street fighter 2 was a god-awful four disc commodore amiga version <laughs> yep so uh, this this was um, a kind of coming of age in terms of Street Fighter 2 because this was finally um, again imported this one and it was it was finally getting my hands on you know that, that proper as you say that the full size sprites 60 hertz full screen um, just to actually have and again that's what the Saturn was kind of was ushering in was that whole that that arcade feel at home. Yeah, you know, it did play uh, well. It was it did really, really well, perfectly. Um, and to have, you know, the, it's weird as much as I do enjoy Champion Edition and and Turbo or Hyper Fighting as it was called in Japan. Um, or was it Dash Turbo in Japan? It was called. Um, there's something about just the World Warrior version that is yeah. strangely enjoyable, even though it's slower and you don't have the option to add that kind of Turbo mode on there. But there's just something kind of nostalgically brilliant about playing the original World Warrior game. Um, yeah. Just as if you see the wee blue right from either side just merges to form the World Warriors underneath yeah. the logo. Um, I just, it's, it's, it's a fantastic collection. Um, if at that time, if you wanted the very best version of Street Fighter 2, the original games, boom, there you go. Yeah. I think. Um... There is some debate over which is better over at the Saturn and PlayStation. They said the Saturn isn't quite arcade perfect, and not because it's missing animation or anything like that, but because the resolution is off. But then I don't think that's a problem at all. Um, what really bugs me about the PlayStation version is that the load, load times are twice as long, mm. um, which really breaks up the flow. It doesn't feel arcade perfect when you're you having to wait so long between fights. So I'd love to get the Saturn version, but unfortunately it's uh, a little bit pricey now. So like PS1 version's about a tenner somewhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that one. It's a, it's less than a tenth for the price of the Saturn one. Aye, that, that one gets passed away wife easier. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> What is the Saturn version, dear? About eighty quid. Was the PlayStation or a tenner? I have. <laughs> yeah. Signed off. Permission slip. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Stamped. Approved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant collection of games. But um, that's us looking backwards, mate. But now, now we're jumping forwards um, to nineteen ninety nine uh, to another fighting game but one that, that brings us smack bang into the third dimension. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when you first saw this one go? I did, yeah. I mean, I had my Dreamcast. Uh, obviously, I got that mine in April 1998, kind of not kind of similar to yourself. Also, we both imported our systems, but um, I didn't have quite the disposable income uh, at the time. <laughs> I, mean, I was only 19 years of age, so part-time job, paying dig money, being at uni and stuff like that. Um but yeah, I remember seeing Power Stone at CA Games. If there's any any Glasgow-based old-timer retro gamers that are listening, uh, you may remember uh, CA Games uh, in Glasgow just off Byers Road in the Courses Arcade. Um, a treasure trove of a shop that had you know modern-day retro stuff even back then, uh, and obviously a, a kind of massive import, um, you know, import collection of both Sega and Sony stuff and Nintendo as well. So. Um, when you walked in the door, the Dreamcast was right up in the far right-hand corner. It was a wee 14, 16-inch 
CRT up mm. high in the corner. Uh, Dreamcast kind of tucked round the, the kind of side of it. Um, and every time we up to Charlie's, the shop was CA games. It was Charlie Ambrose games, CA games. Mm. Um, and me and my best mate, you say, literally summer holidays every day. I go down to his door, right? One Sam went up to Charlie's to see what he's got new, and we'd just half hour walk, uh, and we'd just go in. And one of the times we went in, um, it was Power Stone that was running. Um, and again, it was so eye catching. Um, this isometric, you know, the, the kind of the stages, multi tiered, you could, you know, use the scenery as a weapon, pick up tables, chairs, crates, you know, there was weapons get scattered, bombs, flamethrowers swords pistols yeah uh, and then obviously the, the the crux of the of the gameplay is obviously the three power stones where if you collect the three of them as you know you become the supercharged insane robotic almost version of yourself <laughs> uh where you can you know f- hurl giant balls of flame or a, a barrage of rockets or toss your opponent up in the air and go through them four directions like a dagger and then boof that's you it's um, just absolutely brilliant uh, and it's criminal that it's not seen any kind of renaissance no. at all I cannot believe they've let this this franchise lie um, whether that's due to the fact that Power Stone 2 sorry unpopular opinion is absolute crap <laughs> I do not like I think Power Stone 2 had it retained the original concept of the first game and kept it as a stage based and had more stages as a simple arcade mode and added extra players and maybe put more I don't know height into the stages mm. but left them kind of the size that they were but this whole adding scrolling and platform elements and all that no you just no and yeah. then that kind of Egyptian style mid mid level boss that you fight as well yeah. uh, and then you get a, uh, this this final boss is just a big guy sitting in a chair throwing his nails at you uh, nah. so <laughs> I, I do not like Power Stone 2 at all I just think it, it, it really does it feels for a sequel it feels far too different I get that you want to try and kind of spice things up and change it but I just think it, it's far too different from the first game and I'll get flamed for that probably, but <laughs> I, I think Power Stone 1 is absolutely perfect as it is. It's a wonderful game. I mean, I remember I, I didn't actually see it in motion for a long time. It took me a while. Um, I think I saw it in magazines. A lot of people at the time were absolutely raving about it. Um, I got my Dreamcast same same time as you, pretty much, April 1999. Uh, and I got it uh, pretty, it was pretty cheap by the time I got it uh, in the summer. Uh, and I, I loved it straight away. Um, although I did end up hating it because it's not an easy game. It's pretty. It's pretty brutal. Um, even <laughs> even playing it recently, I'm still absolute crap at it. <laughs> um, so it's it's tough. But uh, yeah, what a, what a showcase it was for the for the Dreamcast game, and uh, just so, so much fun, especially if you get a mate round against, against computer. No, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> 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 rage, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, get a, get a mate a few mates round. That's why that's why I do like Power Stone too because it, because it, you know. It's a party game, but I do I do know what you mean with some of the uh, some of the design of the uh, of the arcade mode. But um, yeah, it's the perfect. Both of them are the perfect party games. But that Power Stone it was just jaw dropping when you first saw it. So uh, yeah, brilliant game. 
but the the next one we're um we're going back into back into zombie waters now <laughs> so i imagine this right so this was a, a pretty big deal when it was released um this is of course uh, resident evil code veronica um called code veronica apparently because the, or the rumor was at the time that uh sony didn't want it being called code veronica they paid for, for resident evil 3 to be on the to be on the ps1 which resident evil 3 was meant to be originally as the side story so they swapped them around effectively but uh, it doesn't matter because code veronica is as mainline of a friend as an entry to the franchise as they come um uh, first fully 3D game. It felt like such a, a, a leap forward uh, from from the original trilogy of games that came out on the PS1 and Saturn. Um, did you get to play this one at all, James? Or... I did, yeah. Um, again, I, I got the, the Japanese version. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously couldn't understand a word of it. Um, I had the, <laughs> the kind of double CD case with the kind of burgundy plastic sleeve. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, it's, it's kind of got gold printed um, logo on the front of it. But yeah, there was. I, I, I mean, I remember the, the kind of the hype around this because obviously nowadays, like Resident Evil is everywhere. You know, it's been on Nintendo, yeah. it's been on you know Xbox, it's PlayStation. You know, obviously Sega consoles as well. But at that time, you know, there was a, a certain kind of handful of franchises that were very much looked upon as belonging to PlayStation, whether that be like Wipeout, Final Fantasy VII. Resident Evil, you know, game uh, Metal Gear Solid, mm. things like that. They, they very much felt as if they, they were, you know, part of that kind of PlayStation family. Um, and to see a mainstream, not a port, an actual brand new Resident Evil game come out somewhere other than a PlayStation, it was just <laughs> mind blowing. Yeah, the as as you and I kind of back then, after having the the war wounds from the the Saturn leader, <laughs> the, we we had. We'd seen this coming and thinking, the tide's turning. <laughs> yeah. we're, taking, we're taking all their games. That's, uh, <laughs> it, it really did feel like just, that. This is just the start. Resident Evil, Gran Turismo will be next. We don't care. Just geese all your games. Nah, never happened, unfortunately. But um, it, it definitely did kick up a fuss uh, at the time because, as I said, to have that, that mainstream, brand new Resident Evil game and it wasn't on a Sony console was just... Yeah, it looked absolutely stunning as well. Like the, the when you open, click the lighter on, you got all the light sourcing and everything else, and everything on the table is actually like fully polygonal rather than than pre-rendered backgrounds. Um, it was absolutely stunning, and yeah, there was a, a bit of smugness about it when you when you had Dreamcast <laughs> and you saw that you've got in this this brand new next gen Resident Evil game that looks so far beyond what was on the previous generation of consoles. That that leap, like, much like Power Stone, that leap. In uh, in power was so apparent. Um, it's uh, it it drives me crazy that this one hasn't doesn't get the the recognition that it deserves. For me, this is my favourite Resident Evil um, for a number of reasons. I think it plays really well. Uh, I know it's it's really tough, really hard. Yep. Um, but it's really rewarding. I do like where the story goes at the end. I know some people don't as much, but I really like the little twists. Um, I do like. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything on on the on the pod right now, but there's a few little returns, a few little few little twists that uh, that one heart back to the original trilogy, but also set the set the story that will be closed in Resident Evil Five. So that whole thing, it it just it blows my mind that they're talking about remaking the next Resident Evil game after Resident Evil 
after Resident Evil 3 is going to be Resident Evil 4, but I think they really need to revisit Code Veronica and give it some uh, give it some uh, some long overdue love. Uh, that's that's a bizarre one. I seen that whenever they announced that they were the next one that was getting remade was was obviously four. Uh, yeah. And uh, what? Why? Why are you skipping Code Veronica? You know, it's is are they ashamed of it or something? Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't understand it. It's. I mean, it's it's well received. Um, the retro community loves it. Um, the Resident Evil community loves it. It just seems a bit bizarre that because I think as people watched. You know, one get remade, then two, then obviously Nemesis, and you're mm-hmm. thinking, right, well, surely next one in line is going to be going to be called Veronica, and that would just skip it. No, why? No, but it's, it's 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 got it's such an integral part of the whole the whole plot line. That's exactly. Stand about it. So, uh, I mean, could you imagine how good that would look, like yeah. if if remade today? Yeah. Um, especially, I think they I think they need to change the voice acting though. Um, you've got away with having a Japanese one. I think you were lucky. <laughs> What's it? Is it Steve, the character with the, the Leonardo DiCaprio wannabe in it? Aye. Aye. We Dreamcast games and voice acting, mate. It's just a sign of the times. It really is. It really is. But, uh, absolute classic game. Um, and so, well, they're all classic games we're talking about now, but the next one is one that's similarly revered throughout throughout the, the, the throughout the gaming community particularly in the in the fighting game community um it's proclaimed as one of the greatest fighting games of all time um and it absolutely is it's a landmark game because it was the first game from a cps free board um that came to came to a home console and that is uh, street fighter 3 and the other version we'll talk about here is third strike yeah so did you get to play this one james I did, yeah. I've not put as much time into it as I have, obviously, the kind of Capcom Generations or the the kind of crossover versus games, yeah. um, shamefully, or the Alpha games. Um, but again, it's it was that kind of change, you know, the, the change of the visual style. You still yeah. had that kind of anime style, but they, they, they kind of gave it a, a grittier look. The characters looked a kind of a lot more serious, I think, in Alpha. They looked a little bit kind of, I think, cartoony. They were yeah, cartoony, yeah. but not in a kind of cutesy way, whereas I think you know, obviously, with Street Fighter 3, they, they definitely went down a kind of more mature tone with the visuals. Yeah. Um, and again, just, it's a gorgeous looking game, so, so fluid. It's, yeah, it is, and it's the animation, the way the animation moves, it's aye, absolutely aye. gorgeous. I mean, you can see why they said that previous consoles couldn't do it, you know, even even with the four megabyte RAM cart, I don't think with Saturn stood a, a chance in hell at, no, uh, at no. bringing that in. Um, obviously, the Dreamcast much more powerful. Just it's just managed it. Um, it's still not an arcade perfect port, apparently, on the Dreamcast. But um, I didn't actually get to play Street Fighter Free Third Strike until I got it on the Xbox. And when I got it in the Xbox, I wasn't a massive fan of it. Um, I found it a little bit too. Um, I, I didn't quite gel with it at the time. And then uh, I got it again uh, on Xbox Live Arcade, and I thought, yeah, okay, it's it's still not quite my cup of tea. And then I slowly started warming to it on the Xbox 360, um, and then I started really liking it. And then I got it on the Dreamcast, which apparently isn't the best port, but that's the version that I seem to like the most. That's the one that, for me, that feels just right. Um, and I remember when I was doing my my top 30 fighting games a few years ago, and I think Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, and this is going to sound like heresy to a lot of people, but it was somewhere around like 25th in the top 30. 
Uh, and then I was playing it the week that I was going to put it up, and I was like, oh no, this is better than that, right? I'll put it above that one, I'll put it above that one, I'll put it above that one. <laughs> I ended up bumping it all the way up to 11 because the more I played it, the more I loved it. That's right. When I actually sat down and really gave it, you know, some time, some dedication, I just realized how incredible it is. Uh, it's, it really is one of the greatest fighting games of all time. It's just, it just requires a lot more, a lot more dedication than I think a lot more. It's a lot more, it's a lot deeper. It's a bit less approachable than the other Street Fighter games, which I think is probably a, a double-edged sword with it. Mm. Um, because it's, you don't have the immediacy, which is probably why it wasn't a massive hit in the arcade uh, or in general. Um, but it's why it's so beloved by by the community now. I think. Aye, Aye. Uh, it's definitely one of the kind of the, the rarer um, games as well. I think it commands quite a a decent fee, especially a PAL copy um, on on Dreamcast. Especially, I think it kind of goes for for decent money. Um, but I, it's just as you say, it's I don't know why it wasn't kind of looked upon quite as favourably. I don't know if maybe the change was maybe too much for some people. I don't know if I don't know. It's, it's a strange way to kind of put your finger on as to why it didn't kind of get that kind of uptake because it's not it's not spoken about. I think it's one of these kind of games that's been consigned to memory. I think if you played it at the time or you're a Street Fighter fan or a retro gaming fan, then you're aware of it. But people's memories, I think, when talking about Street Fighter games, they seem to stop at the Alpha games and the kind of Versus games. It's, yeah. it's a strange one. Yeah, it really, it really is a shame because I think Capcom wanted a clean break initially, so the original Street Fighter 3, the new generation, um, it has 10 characters, including Ryu and Ken, but apparently, the, originally they were going to ship it with just eight and just have completely a completely new roster. Yeah, a new roster, yeah. And uh, I don't think um, they brought it back in uh, Ryu and Ken after Fandomans, and they brought, added in you know more characters after that. Uh, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike obviously brings back Chun-Li. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure they bring someone else back. There's a few other characters there, as in, which makes it the best version. Um, you but I think it did alienate a bit of uh, a bit of the player base, and obviously, you know, there was newer, shinier games. I mean, by by the time Third Strike had been around, we had Soul Calibur in the in the home. We'd had Virtua Fighter Three in the in the arcade. You had that sort of thing. So, I think these people that were hungry for for 3D games, they were really getting served. And unfortunately, as was the style then, people were looking at 2D more and more as old hat, which is a shame. Mm. If any of those games is held up well, it's it's Street Fighter Free Third Strike. Mm, definitely, uh, definitely worth going back to play. I've got it on the on the GDM. You there, um, yeah. kind of fight up for time to time. It's a gorgeous looking game. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, as I say, the Dreamcast version is my favourite version. Um, and I know there's probably people on the Shuriken board telling me that I'm wrong, and I probably am. Say <laughs> um, <laughs> that the PlayStation Two version is is better, and so is the Xbox version. But uh, yeah. I've got the Xbox version, I've got the 360 version, and neither of them struck the chord with me like the Dreamcast one. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then that brings us on to the onto the next game. So I suppose when the CPS free board was, you know, as far as Capcom were going to take it, as far as their new hardware con- were concerned, they tended to borrow hard, uh, arcade hardware from, from Sega, um, which gave them quite a few games. Um <clears throat> the first of which we'll touch on now, um, which uh, I suppose the only way we can really inter- in, uh, introduce this one is uh, I'm going to take you for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm take take you for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
it, it still baffles me to this day why they put a elevator music and jazz soundtrack to this game, but what a game it is. Marvel vs. Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. I love the jazz, that jazz music. I, it, it's like, I don't know, there's, there's like, honestly, you wouldn't think it works, right, but it just, honestly, what, what a roster, 53 characters, if I, off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, you know, and you obviously you start with a handful of them, the kind of usual ones, and you've got to, you know, you earn points as you're playing. I mean, I literally broke my Dreamcast D-pad <laughs> playing this game because I had to. I've, I've still got the save on my VMU, and a few I've got it backed up on another VMU in case I ever do anything to it because the, the amount of time I spent for 32 hours unlocking all these characters, I am not losing that save. <laughs> Oh man, just what what a game! Um, the, the the roster is insane. It's a who's who of, of MCU and, and, and Street Fighter uh, or Capcom. Uh, the stages are, are just beautifully stylized, um, kind of pseudo three D stages as well on there. Um, the final boss, the Inferno, is just an absolute fucking nutcase yeah three three dimensions of hell is probably the best way to describe this guy um just it's just so much content and i know if you bought the japanese version for the dreamcast you were kind of locked out from unlocking the characters because you had to take your vmu to an arcade machine that's me i got that version <laughs> so you're basically you're only plums if you want to unlock characters which is a very i don't i don't understand that man why would you do that I suppose why, why would you bring a game I know it's a kind of sign of the times we're trying to kind of get the crossover between arcade because it's a new game so we've brought it to the home quite kind of close to the arcade port so we want to kind of promote people playing it in the arcades and keep the money coming in so that kind of you know interactivity or interconnectivity is kind of a good idea but it's microtransactions and DLC, mate. You know, you've bought the game, but you've got to go <laughs> to the you've got to go out to the arcade to put money, more money in the same game. Mate, there you go. It's EA aren't actually the devil of DLC and <laughs> and app purchases. It was Capcom that started it with MVC two. <laughs> oh, mate! But I tell you what, the last couple of days, right? Um, I started playing. I, I booted it up yesterday. Started playing Marvel vs. Capcom two, and I haven't. Obviously, I haven't unlocks all the characters because I've got the Japanese version and I thought you know when you keep cycling through them you know the, the the amount that you pay for each character changes and quite a few of them have gotten down to just the single player points yeah now that's not happening now they've all need online points and they need arcade machine points neither of which I can get so yesterday I decided to um I decided that I, I wanted to just unlock them all so uh I found some CDRs uh I spent ages last night trying to get this juggler to work that didn't work so then i uh had to download image burn today it's been a while while i was while i was working doing that as well on the side i'm trying to do these reports for work while also trying to put image burn on my on my pc I had to download all these registry files and that was a pain in the ass then i had an image of code breaker is it code yeah code breaker and that didn't work so i had to get another image of code breaker i'd lost a bloody cd to that got code breaker again downloaded that that disc worked put it in my dreamcast did all the uh, all the codes to unlock all the characters in it? Opened up the uh, the uh, game, and the characters still aren't unlocked. They're the uh, the only they're only codes for the US version. Oh my god! So if I was to send you my VMU with my save, 
because that that save that I had or I've got, sorry, is from the PAL version, but the the version okay. on my GDMU uh, is a US version. So that that save was whenever I had all my discs. So that's a PAL disc save, but it works on the US version. Yeah, I'm not sure. I was reading something earlier, and I'm not sure if they work with a Japanese version or not. Uh, I don't think they do because I saw someone saying that they had the they downloaded the uh, the file for the um, for the US version and it didn't work on a Japanese one. I mean, if 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 it does work, then yeah, I'd, I'd love to have that save, mate, because it'd say it would say well, I just used my last CDR, so I can't even get the <laughs> the, the rip. There's a report that you can get online. It's got all the game saves on it that you can rip to your your VMU. I can't even do that at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Need to look into that, mate. Need to look into that. Oh, yeah, I'd, re- <laughs> I'd love it, mate. Because at the moment, I've only got like half the roster, and it's all the Capcom side. It's all like Amingo and all those like weird, weird and wonderful Capcom fighters. You know, I, I, I usually play as Iron Man, but I can't even unlock him or War Machine at the moment. <laughs> that, that that is still. See if you want the, the biggest amount of ridiculous level four super special effects. Yeah. Pick Iron Man, War Machine, and Cable as your team. Yeah. And then just get the three of them to fire off at the one time, man. It's like, see if you're, if, God forbid you're epileptic, man, because that's going to set you off. Seriously. Yeah. It's just like a, a light show on your TV. Um, yeah. Like a 140 hit combo or something ridiculous like that. It's, just... it's obscene. That's why, it's, there's two things with that. I mean, that's why, that's why I love it, but it's also why it's not my favourite in the Versus series, because it's, because uh, Cable is just so overpowered. I mean, it's right. It's a, it's a, it's the most fun out of the whole series, um, but it's not the most balanced because Cable can just ruin anyone. If <laughs> 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 it's a ton of fun, but oh yeah, oh, what a game! Um, people still go on about it now. I mean, it was meant to be an Evo this year, wasn't it? Before, That's right. Yeah. Uh, before unfortunately, uh, COVID happened. But yeah, Evo. That, that's how beloved it is within the community that uh people still love it today and even though it's had well, we had three sequels since marvel versus capcom 3 ultimate marvel versus capcom and marvel versus capcom infinite despite all them i know infinite was bobbins um but people still love marvel versus capcom too in fact who was it it was um oh god it was uh oh god it was the the creed actor it, it, um, I love him. He's one of my favourite actors around at the moment. Um, oh, he's going to kill. But he got a, he got a PS5. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. That's it. Sorry. There we go. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Michael B. Jordan. He um, he received a PS5, like a promo one. You know, when they first con- the consoles first went out, um, and they were sending them around to you know celebrities and influencers. And uh, he was on Instagram tweeting with it. He obviously had the dual sense in his hand. And he's looking at the telly and he's, oh, someone's taking a picture of him, but he's obviously tweeted it on his account. And he said, PS5 is sick, something like that. Like, the PS5 is sick. Games keep getting better, better and better. <laughs> when are you going to re-release Marvel vs. Capcom 2? <laughs> <laughs> Just buy yourself a Dreamcast, mate. I'm sure you can afford yeah. it. <laughs> you're, no, you're no short there, a few, Bob. <laughs> Pop out of CEX and get yourself a copy. Sixty-five quid. He wants a he wants a new version, doesn't he? He wants a Capcom Two Deluxe with Killmonger in. That's uh, none of the games that have come since have been, I would say, any good. I don't think any of them have kind of captured anywhere near the kind of magic of of MVC Two. 
No, I mean, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3 comes pretty close. It's a very good game. Um, but no, it's not quite there. Yeah. But, uh, which is a shame. Um, and again, it's, it's a game, this one, I think everyone's unanimous in their agreement that it's best played on the Dreamcast. I've got it on Xbox 360 and I've got it on the original Xbox. And both of those, there's a degree of latency that I really notice when I play those versions of the game. It doesn't feel quite as snappy and fluid as it does. I mean, when I when I, I hadn't played it on the Dreamcast until a few years ago, uh, but when I did finally play it on the Dreamcast, I thought, oh, wow, this is what I've been missing. Um, it is that much better. Um, so it's a phenomenal game, and yeah, it's still best played on that and that little white box. Have you tried the iOS version? <laughs> I don't think I want to. No, it's it's been uh, kicked off the app store now because it wasn't updated or because of the the whole license thing. I think it was actually. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I think I had it back in the day on like my iPad three. It was just oh, it was so bad. Try try to play Marvel versus Capcom two with touchscreen controls. <laughs> no, it's bad enough. I've got the original Street Fighter two on my uh, on my Samsung, and that's uh, that's no fun. <laughs> just no, yeah. Your your hands cramp up enough, um, you know, playing the Dreamcast version for for four hours and then try to get enough points to buy somebody. Um, imagine playing it on an iPad wasn't a pleasant experience at all. But no, no. definitely the best place to play it is is the Dreamcast. Yeah. It's all just because of that, obviously, that kind of similar similarity with the the arcade architecture. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's arcade perfect because it's exactly the same game yep. and that's the one that they developed and honed and refined uh didn't get ported they didn't have to make any concessions they didn't have to up res it or downscale it or or you know change the architecture it's it's perfect on the dreamcast so yeah it's uh, it's it's as essential as, as games come on the dreamcast it really is um so yeah and i suppose moving from one crossover to to another now for our for our final game uh, which is Capcom versus SNK two. So, um, how do you feel about this one, then, mate? Oh, you're gonna hang me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like SNK games. Oh, that's it, mate. We're gonna fall out. <laughs> I, I, I respect them and their heritage from the Neo Geo days and all that, um, but. Um, Fatal Fury, King of Fighters, Samurai Showdown. I try so hard to get into them, and for some, I don't know. I just, I cannot get on with them at right. all. No. Um, it's it's a very interesting crossover because with Marvel versus Capcom and X Men versus Street Fighter, they've applied that kind of. It's a very Capcom feel, but Capcom games and SNK games feel very very different under the thumb. Mm. Um, and I think to bring those two together is just again it's one of those kind of crossovers you thought you would never see because they're so distinctly different Yeah. Um, both in visual style and in how they kind of handle and, and control um, so um, when I did play it I, I always went to Capcom characters because I cannot play <laughs> SNK games at all <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, I'm the opposite to you on this one then I absolutely adore this game um for me um i remember i got in- introduced to king of fighters with king of fighters 96 i'd always been a bit of a i'd always had been a bit curious of uh, fatal fury and snk before then i uh, always wanted the neo geo uh, 
like things like Metal Slug always blew me away. Uh, but I remember when I first saw King of Fighters '96 on the on the PS1, no less. And I was like, oh, what? Wait, Fatal Fury characters fighting oh, fighting characters, and there's the Akari Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! So when I got my Saturn modded, <laughs> um, one of the first things I bought was the uh, the King of Fighters collection, which had '95, '96, and '97 in. Uh, God, I spent so much time playing that. Oh, that's where my love affair with SNK really began. Um, and then 98 came out in the arcade after that, which I played in the arcade um, in, a, I think it was Sega World in Collindale in North London, um, which uh, I used to move up playing Winner's Days on with a bunch of people. And that was amazing. Got massive memories of that. Um, and obviously both SNK and Capcom were iterating as we went into these later years. Um, and it really was the first Capcom versus SNK really was the dream match. Uh, and I think stylistically, the first Capcom versus SNK is is a beautiful game. It's probably better looking than this, uh, but it was, you know, the four buttons set up. Uh, it was only Super Street Fighter Two versus King of Fighters '94 with a few bonus characters, so the roster was pretty small. But the Capcom versus SNK did really did feel like the kitchen sink had been thrown at it. It had absolutely everyone in there. <laughs> uh, even had like Eagle from Street Fighter One in there. Um, you know, uh, and rock from um, uh, from Mark of the Wolves. Uh, it just felt like, you know, the perfect bit of fan service. And though some of the sprites, like Morrigan sprite, which has been absolutely everywhere from Dark Stalkers one. Uh, but for me, it was just unlike, say, Marvel versus Capcom two or Street Fighter Alpha three, where they've they've actually filled the roster up with characters from all over the place. Capcom versus SNK two feels really balanced. Um, it feels just so crisp to play. Um, and it's the sort of game that I can see, you know, it, you, you can play seriously without any like, overpowered or overbalanced characters. Um, it's a very technical fire. I think it's just uh, it's just under third strike in terms of complexity. But my word, I, I love it. I've got it on multiple systems and I can never get enough of it. And it's another one that's, again, arcade perfect on the Dreamcast. It's just a shame that you've never been able to get on with it, mate. <laughs> I mean... That's a hell of a sales pitch, mate. I mean, I've got it in my GDM, you some I think after we finish recording, I might fire it up and try it. <laughs> You're a salesman, eh? <laughs> That's what it is, mate. I'm trying. <laughs> see, see, I should have hired you in the 90s, mate. I might know I lost this, <laughs> I'm trying to sell you a 20-year-old game. Mate. Go on, get that SNK2 game. <laughs> It's just one of those games, mate, that I'm absolutely so passionate about. I, I I played it so much. It's one of those games where, I, you know, how old would I have been when this came out? 2001. I would have been about 18 or something. So I was, you know, late teens. I was, I was pretty much an adult then. I was still having, like, little storylines in my head when I was playing it through because I played it through so many times. Like, little... little <laughs> Uh, little narratives that I'd form as to why as to why Kim and Dan Hibiki are forming a team to go through to go through this tournament, just to then play it again, playing as Chun Li and Mai and that sort of thing. It was just I just couldn't get enough of it. And then the Xbox version came along, and that that had an online, which got absolutely creamed at. But <laughs> it's uh, it's one of my favourite games. Um, I think it was in it was definitely in my top ten. I think it was number eight in my top ten fighting games. Just absolutely phenomenal, mate. So. Definitely, if you're tempted, have another crack at it. I mean, you can put it in the Street Fighter playing mode. You've got three Capcom play modes. 
Um, you've got the roster of Capcom fighters, so yeah, it's uh, if you want to just stick to the Capcom side, mate, it's a very easy one to do. I'll give it a go. You've <laughs> you've, you've sold it to me, mate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you should flirt with the SNK side as well. Again, maybe maybe Rich Run rekindle that flame because to me it was just these two these two absolute fighting powerhouses that have been you know rivals for over a decade coming together to create this masterpiece. So. Yeah, I'm going on about it a little bit too much now, but yeah, absolutely love it, mate. And I think one of the very last games, unfortunately, to make it onto the uh, onto the Dreamcast, but um, no less of a, of a of an epic and impactful one, I don't think. No, I mean, looking at those twelve games, I mean, I know a lot of them are fighting games, um, but I think if if you ask a hundred gamers, um, you know what's the first thing that comes to mind whenever you say the word Capcom, I would think it would be very evenly split between Resident Evil and Street Fighter. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, even, even when we were talking earlier about Street Fighter 2 was their best-selling game for 15 years. And what was the game that beat it? Resident Evil. <laughs> you know, so um, they are synonymous with both. Um, obviously, you know, the things we've touched on, their power stone, there's rumours that it's it's going to get a reboot um, in the next couple of years, whether that memo that came out was, was true or not, and if it was a real kind of product pipeline, we'll just need to wait and see, but um, I just... They're either fighting games or survival horror games, um, mm. and, and when they do their best work and when it clicks, um, their, their games are, are phenomenal, um, and they just they stood by Sega um, until the, the very bitter end. Um, yeah. After the struggles that it took to get them to actually develop for them in the first place. Yeah, after after that initial frosty relationship, which uh, only kicked off because they weren't happy with the version of Street Fighter Two that was uh, that was being developed, they became the, in my opinion, they became the strongest supporters for both the Saturn and the Dreamcast, the strongest third party supporters, because I don't think anyone else uh, supported either system as much as they did. No, I no. mean. We've got twelve games here, and as you say, most of them are fighting games. Um, if, if there's a load that we didn't mention, um, that do include fighting games, but there's a bunch of stuff that never made its way over from Japan. Um, there's a bunch of uh, very odd, very Japanese games. Um, there's a bunch of other games as well, like the Dino Crisis games that came to Dreamcast. That's right. Yeah, Star Gladiator, Dark Stalkers. Um, I think Sega Lord X did, um, did an absolutely massive few videos of Capcom on the Saturn and Capcom on the Dreamcast and me. There were three or four part videos um, with tons of games in. Just really shows how much they supported it. Um, I can't really think of anyone else that supported it as well as they did. Now, as you say there, I mean, even the kind of, the rarer games as well. Uh, I mean, like Project Justice as well, Rival Schools. Yeah. You know, another, you know, absolutely brilliant, bizarre game. I mean, the, the narrative on that one. You know, war- warring factions in schools. Yeah. You know, just go. go. It, it's literally like reliving your youth, going into the, the rival school at half past three to kick somebody's melting. You know, <laughs> <laughs> school gates at half three, mate, yeah. you're getting ripped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like five women was at school going, we're going to go meet those like, down the road <laughs> outside McDonald's. <laughs> Uh, but no, um, staunch, staunch supporters of, of Sega right to the end, um, and a, a diversity of, of you know a breadth of, of quality titles. Um, 
you know, across the board, across all the genres that they, they took part in. So, yep, shining example of, of brilliant uh, third-party support. Yeah, really is. I mean, especially you're on consoles, that, especially in the Saturn's later years and, and perhaps even the Dreamcast too, um, that they really were a little bit starved of that third-party support. Um, so it's just, it, it really does warm your heart to see that Capcom were there right to the very end. Mm. They probably would have brought Resident Evil 4 to it if it was still going. It came to everything else. Well, I, how, how many games would have came to the Dreamcast if it hadn't been discontinued? Yeah. Um, as, as we we spoke about in the the Xbox pod as well, um, just so many titles there that you think, looking back, if the, if the fates had been kinder, we would have been playing them on the wee white box instead of the... <laughs> The big green and black monster <laughs> that Microsoft <laughs> unveiled. But Capcom, though, still still one of my favourite developers. Even though I'm not a big fan of of Street Fighter Five, there's got so much of a good content coming out. The new Devil May Cry games are great. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. But uh, the golden years for me, as on as I'm sure they are for you, will always be those ones with Sega. Absolutely. So I think that 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 brings us to a close then. So. Uh, We'd love to hear what uh, what our listeners uh, think of Capcom and Sega consoles. What are your favourite Sega Capcom games on Sega systems? Have we missed any any out? Have we had a bit of a shocker and, and made some glaring omissions? We'd love to hear from you. So you can always catch us at the Sega guys. You can catch myself, uh, Dan, uh, at Swooper underscore D. And you can catch James uh, at the Sega-holic. So uh, I think that's us then, mate. So... Uh, thanks everyone for listening and we'll speak to you soon oh do thanks very much bye if you want to stay gang get jungle scum if you want to slam dunk like Robin if you want to bring down the best in the world go ahead to lift on a pterodactyl if you want to smash crashing monster hell or fry the demons with electric spells if you want to be a Sega nut, get yourself a Sonic.